You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so, looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. As always, you can call 069-66200 or 087-166-9800. And to start off, we have a question from Richard. Richard is in Newcastle West and he said his printer has given up the ghost and he wants to get a new printer and asking what... what um if there's any recommendations or um, and it's something you know that I haven't done myself in a while I've I've maintained printers and but I haven't bought um, too many so I've actually looked up an article here uh, it's on Gizmodo the best printers you can buy right now so let's see what they say uh, but I suppose you have ink printers and you have toner printers and things like that but the the, the office printers are mostly toner printers and the, the home printers usually ink printers and I suppose it's how much you buy the cartridges for and things like that or if they're refillable I had a, an ink printer for years at home and I had I got a kit where you drill a hole in the in the um, cartridge and you have a syringe with uh, and a bottle of ink and you can keep filling it up out of that and uh, that actually worked for years and years uh, so that was a handy way of saving money on ink and things like that uh, sometimes though the the printer itself tries to stop using it and you have to like uh, you have to do a bit of a hack on the printer holding certain buttons for 30 seconds and then press another button and all that so you can keep using it but um also, a lot of printers, actually, this is a bit of a tip as well, is when they recommend that the ink is running out uh, to change it or, or they stop working, uh, if you do that trick, they'll often keep printing. It happened once where I got new inks and I was using them away. It wasn't that long. And then they said, oh, your ink's running low. Change the cartridge now. And it stopped. I don't know did it stop working or was about to stop working or whatever. But I did that thing um, each printer is different you can look it up on youtube different ways for the to kind of ignore the the printer the ink is is out warning or whatever it is and um it kept printing for weeks and weeks and weeks after that before it actually ran out so there was actually a lot of ink left in it it was just when the warning light came on i suppose that they want you to keep buying new ones or to keep getting them refilled so uh, but to get your the best value for money uh, but number one on the list here on Gizmodo anyway uh, best printer for upfront value Pixama TR7020A it's $160 in America um, let's see what it does color print speed 6.8 pages per minute uh, mono print speed 13 pages per minute in black and white so that's pretty quick uh, has USB Wi-Fi Canon Mobile Printing, Apple AirPrint, uh, Mopri AirPrint service, so it has all the kind of wireless and USB uh, connections, so that's very good. It's an inkjet printer, so it has the ink cartridges. And when it comes to solid, dependable, low-cost home printers, the Canon Pixama series is well worth a look. I think that's the one I had the, uh, uh, three, four generations before this one. Um, the brand has now been around for absolutely ages, and while you don't always get the best performance uh, or professional print shop quality, you do get the best value for money. For many home users, something like the Pixama TR7020A is ideal. Uh, we're going to specify that when we say value here, though, we mean upfront value. If you print a lot, uh, the, the cost of inkjet cartridges might outweigh your initial savings. So if you're a heavy user, it might be the best value for money. But if it's one you use every so often, that's another thing, too. When you have inkjet printers, you have to make sure to shut them down properly. Say if you're printing a few pages and you just plug it out. 
um, the cartridges can dry up sometimes the printers have a way to shut down that they kind of I don't know if it seals them off or something but it it kind of tries to protect the cartridges a bit that um, they don't dry up as easily it happened to me one time where I just I even I don't know did I, I no I didn't leave it on I just finish printing and uh, even if you finish printing you sometimes the printer makes a noise by itself and you're wondering what's happening there and it's doing that it's kind of protecting its cartridges but um uh, maybe it just lays them down or and and kind of seals them a bit or whatever I, I don't know exactly what they do but um or they just move back into place where they're supposed to be but i printed off some sheets of paper and then plugged it out went away came back uh maybe a week later and the ink was all dried up inside in it so i actually i tried to refill the cartridges but it wouldn't work uh, they were they were sealed up uh, so I actually had to get new cartridges then and then I could refill those then again so that's a good tip is um, let the the printer uh, press the button to shut it down and let it take its 10 seconds to shut down and let the, you, you can hear it inside the, the inks I think yeah they just move over to their home or whatever to the, the to the very side you know they move back and forth as they're printing and when they stop printing they stay outside of it, of their home so, so to speak uh, waiting for the next job to be done unless it's like 30 seconds or a minute and then it'll they'll move over by themselves but if you press the power button and it takes about 10 or 15 seconds you know they're uh, okay to, to shut down then or they're, they're, it's closed down properly and the next time if you use it in a couple of weeks they'll still be okay uh, we're going to specify when you say yeah value so there are many other value propositions here though being an all-in-one printer the Pixama can take care of your scanning needs too and will produce serviceable so that's very handy having a scanner as well uh, although you can use cam scanner with your phone and things nowadays if you're scanning documents but uh, it's definitely better quality and easier uh, in some cases if you have the setup uh, to, to scan uh, well maybe it's easier with the phone but it's better quality with the um, with the proper scanner um, there's onboard controls which are always welcome as they do save uh, you some time for having to do everything through software on your computer or phone uh, despite the low price there are some appealing features including two-sided printing an automatic sheet feeder and a paper tray that can hold up to 100 sheets at a time most importantly it'll churn out pages with very respectable quality uh, you get a host of different connect uh, connectivity options including wired and wireless so that's good uh, number two on the list the other best printer for upfront value epson workforce wf2930 it's 110 quid so it's a bit cheaper than the other one uh it looks nice too i like the whole uh, design of it and it has a, it looks like it yeah it definitely has a scanner on top as well uh color print speed f five pages per minute mono print speed 10 pages per minute um it has usb wi-fi epson iprint um apple airprint mopria print service so epson actually um they actually make watch movements and things as well i didn't i didn't realize that until i got a watch i got an orient watch and it has an epson movement inside this which is pretty cool uh, so they they don't just make uh, electronic goods they make um automatic watches as well which is or movements anyway but are they own i think they own um orient and they own um seiko and a few other companies or something like that i think yeah yeah i think so uh so 
Uh, inkjet, uh, that's another inkjet printer, $110. Um, striking the budget, end of the market. The Epson Workforce WF2930 gives you an awful lot of printer for not much money. You really, uh, you really don't want to go lower than this in terms of price when buying a printer. But this model, I think I paid like 35 quid for my printer. Well, it, does, it does all right. But this model is good enough to satisfy the needs of most users as long as you... Your needs aren't too demanding. It might suit you. Uh, the screen and console on the front of this printer are relatively comprehensive for the model of this price. And you can even set it up to work with Google Assistant. Alexa or Siri. So that's very handy if you want to speak out your orders to your printer. You can also speak from a phone using the companion app. Or you can also print from a phone using the companion app, which is now par for the course. Uh, you get two-sided printing with Epson Workforce, uh, a paper tray that holds a decent 100 sheets of paper, automatic sheet feeder. So it's very similar to the last one, but it has the, the Alexa. And so if you want to use your voice assistant, uh, you can with that one as well. Uh, so that's pretty good. Uh, best laser printer, the Brother HL6200DW. It's $300. Uh, um, colors, it doesn't say the color speed. 48 pages per minute, so it's it's a bit faster than the other two uh, for the mono print, for the, the black and white print, I presume. Um, connectivity, USB, uh, Wi-Fi, Ethernet, Brother iPrint, Apple AirPrint, and Mopria print service. Uh, it's a laser printer and 300 uh, laser printers are interesting proposition. They're typically more expensive than inkjets, uh, especially the color ones. And yet uh, they're usually more reliable and give you sharper results when it comes to output. Uh, if you do a lot of printing at home uh, that needs extra speed and quality, the laser printer might be worth the extra cost. Uh, they might also become cheaper over time as they usually need uh, to be refilled less often. Um, enter the Brother HL6200DW, one of several uh, very good laser printers that Brother makes. As you can see, it's not much to look at and it's rather bulky, but when you're buying a printer, uh, are you buying a printer for its looks? Uh, it uh, dependably turns out sharp and clean pages in decent rates and you don't need to replace the ink as often as you would with an inkjet printer. Uh, this is a monochrome model, which makes sense for a big chunk of home users. Ask yourself if you're really ever going to need to print color documents or photos at home. Oh, that's why it said NA for color, so it only prints black and white. Uh, because you won't, you uh, can have a significant amount of cash or save a significant amount of cash when it comes to laser tech. As for features, it has almost everything. So it's black and white, uh, but it prints quite quick and uh, it's quite high spec because it doesn't have that color added on. Uh, best color laser printer, HP LaserJet Pro MP479FDW. Uh, so this is similar to what we have at the station here. Uh, we have the LaserJet 200 or 270 or something. So it's an older model of this. So this is the brand new one. Uh, this is $800. Uh, color print speed, 27 pages per minute. Mono print speed, 27 pages per minute. So it's the same. Um, USB, Wi-Fi, Ethernet, Bluetooth, Apple AirPrint, uh, HP ePrint, Mopray print service. So it has lots of different connections. Uh, this is $820, as I was saying. If you've got a serious chunk of money to spend and you like the idea of a laser printer, 
uh, and you want to include scanning capabilities as well as color printing, the HP model should be on your shortlist. Make sure you're going to make the most of it though because as you can see the price jump is quite significant over a monochrome laser printer. Okay, you're going to need a lot of space for this setup as well as a decent budget. Yeah, they're quite big, alright. I don't know if this one is as big as the older one, but uh, they're quite big. Um, you're going to afford it, but the printable, uh, the printing speeds are excellent, the print quality is top tier, and you only need to replenish the paper tray every 300 sheets. Uh, it'll even output very good quality photo prints too, uh, so it's suitable for getting your digital memories into physical form. There's a large touchscreen console here too, uh, you can use to manage your printing, scanning and copying. You'll get features like two-sided printing too, and indeed, uh, as indeed you would expect when spending that much money. Another added bonus is the USB-A port up front, uh, which can use to print from attached uh, flash storage drive. Yeah, so that's very handy as well. Yeah, so that's a uh, uh, best printer for running in KINKOS out of your office. Epson EcoTank Pro ET5800. So this is $900. Uh, uh, mono prints. So it does 12 pages in color, 25 pages in um, mono has all the connections as well so this is another one uh, it's like the, uh, in the epson eco tank is for people who need more out of their home printer and have the money to pay for it if you need the convenience of inkjet but you have a lot of printing to do then this will fit the bill nicely as it's an all-in-one high quality scanning and copying machine so it's another very similar to that uh, the best looking printer is the hp smart tank 7300 uh, and so there's a lot more there as well but this gives you a general ID anyway uh, best printer for general use the Canon Pixama Megatank G7020 uh, so did we talk about that one earlier was that a different one we talked about the HP uh, the TR7020A so yeah they're quite similar this is the, the cheaper version the, the first one was the cheaper version uh, so this is just another one yeah so this is more of those again with different connections and things like that so this is a, that's actually the last one on the list so I don't know what this sets this one different it's almost the same uh, it's just slightly different and it's more expensive it has more buttons on the front and uh, I think you can actually see the ink levels on the side of it or something like that uh, so yeah it's a middle budget and high end uh, sitting in the middle of the budget and high end the Canon Pixama Megatank uh, has a lot going for it and may well be the right sweet spot when it comes to price performance of each so if you like the sound of that expensive the, the one that does all the, the really fast printing and has all the different specs and you don't want to go but you don't have as much to spend for that that this might be the kind of one to go for it's one in the middle, uh, $380, G702 also. That's a list of some of the best printers, uh, lots of different makes there, uh, and it gives you an idea of some of the specs and what people are looking for, I suppose, connectivity and uh, different things, scanning, uh, uh, color printing, photo printing, depends on what you want to do with it. You can save money if you just want black and white because they have those, um, the, the black and white printers as well. So uh, that, that's a... a, a fairly decent list there so that's pretty good uh, uh, best to look with that and uh, let's have a look at some of the latest in tech uh, Tesla Cybertruck is set for a summer delivery event finally <laughs> this has been delayed and delayed and um, people were saying it's never going to come out it's a publicity stunt and so it may and, <laughs> and I would say may instead of will uh, may come out now in the summer Elon Musk said this Wednesday the Tesla Cybertruck will finally hit the road sometime this summer 
speaking during an earnings call with investors. Uh, the Tesla chief said a delivery event for the funky-looking electric pickup will take place in the third quarter of this year. However, Musk added that a large-scale production is unlikely to get underway in 2024. So they'll give a few to a few select people just to see them on the roads and get reviews going and things like that. But um, full-scale production might take a while. You won't see it pass out the, the Ford F-150 in America for, for sales for a long time. Uh, it takes time to get the manufacturing line going, and this is uh, really a very radical product. Tesla's boss said during the call, it's not uh, made in the way that makes cars, uh, that other cars are made. Yeah, because it's a full aluminium exoskeleton body. It's like a... Um it's like a DeLorean or something and it's kind of reinforced aluminium and all that it's I don't know if it's a good idea but <laughs> it looks cool I don't know if that's the right way to go about it but uh, that's what they're doing anyway he added that pricing and specifications for the Cybertruck will be revealed nearer to the launch date or possibly at the delivery event pricing details were removed from Tesla's website towards the end of 2021 but at the time it showed three variants costing between 39900 and 69900 I bet those will be up because it sounds like it's been a disaster to kind of produce uh, kind of like made this crazy idea and like make that and then they were like oh we can make it but it's going to be very hard and very expensive and uh, it's turning out to be so and that's probably some of the reason for the delays uh, depending on features such as the number of electric motors towing capacity and range it's widely believed that the final price will be higher yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was closer to 100 grand for the highest one. Uh, earlier this month, Musk revealed that he had spent several hours in the Cybertruck production line at Giga Texas, tweeting, going to be awesome, uh, feels like the future. However, in 2021, he also admitted that due to its extraordinary design, there was some chance that the Cybertruck will flop. Uh, Tesla unveil. I know, I think it'll, uh, looks-wise, it would do okay. It's kind of funky, you know, uh, but... Uh, you know, especially nowadays, because everything looks the same. You know, you could get the, the top 10 cars and, and they all look fairly, take the badges off of them. And, you you, you know, the, the, they're all pretty similar to each other. They're kind of becoming, because the regulations are so strict and, you know, headlights have to be this height and bumpers have to be this far in. And every car kind of looks the same. So when something new and original actually comes out, uh, I think it's a good thing. I think we need some originality, you know. Uh, original designs and stuff that because everything has gone so generic and I like I like a car that stands out that you see in the car park oh that's nice isn't it you know that stands out because like you walk into a car park nowadays and you don't even look you just they, they all look the same even the higher end cars uh, they kind of a lot of them are very generic looking and one looks like the other you know uh, so I think it's I like uh, original ideas like the 1950s and 60s cars in America, all the Cadillacs and different Mustangs and all different ideas uh, that were being done. Uh, imagination was running wild and there was some really cool, <laughs> imagine seeing the streets of all those cars that time. Uh, reports suggest that automakers have received more than 1 million pre-orders, uh, that the automaker has received one more, more than 1 million pre-orders for the futuristic-looking Cybertruck. Customers are, have, are asked to pay a refundable $100 deposit, and the company is still taking orders via its website. New regulations are underway to govern cryptocurrencies. Uh, the European Parliament is set to approve 
The new measures today, which are designed to prevent money laundering and the use of crypto financing of crimes and terrorism. Uh, new rules due to come into effect in the summer will mean companies facilitating trade in cryptocurrencies will have to register with an oversight body. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. People are always suspicious when those kind of things happen because they say it's for crime, but it's actually to control it and, you know, that the... the, the they'll be able to tell what ha- what what will happen with it and t- you know take away the kind of the benefits of it and make it more like a standard uh, a standard cu- a currency so uh, that's always the that's always what the, the the naysayers say anyway so i'm not sure where i usually fall somewhere in the middle <laughs> so in my in many things um second hand routers may be a serious security problem uh, security researchers have publicly revealed finding a study that uncovered that more than half of the enterprise routers uh, sold secondhand to online resellers such as eBay had not been factory reset and wiped of their data. This means the device still contains sensitive company information from their previous owners when they were resold. Uh, researchers from the security firm ESET plan to showcase the study at the RSA Securities Conference in San Francisco next week, but told Wired that they were able to uncover data of the enterprise organizations from secondhand routers, including the network information credentials and other confidential data with no major effort. In particular, the researchers published 18 used routers from well-known brands such as Cisco, uh, Fortinet and Juniper Networks. They ultimately discovered that nine of these devices were sold as is and they offered easy access to all the routers' information. Meanwhile, five of the routers had been fully factory reset and wiped of all data. Uh, Two of the routers were encrypted, one was dead and another one was a mirror copy of another device. Yeah, so... Yeah, you don't know what you're buying when you're buying second-hand routers and who the people selling them. Uh, if you're ever selling a router, you have to make sure it's wiped before. You think it's just a hub. I like I until I read this. Now, really, I always thought that it was just like I have a router that I just plugged in uh, to my main router and use it as a to extend the the Wi-Fi coverage. Do, but does that have all the information? Like, if I plug that out, is it? just like I didn't I never programmed it or I never did does it automatically just pick that stuff up and program itself and does that need to be wiped in or what maybe I need to yeah hold in the little pin on the back actually that's probably how you reset them yeah you hold in a pin and the, there's a little pinhole in the back of them if you're getting rid of them as they're plugged in plug in that and they'll reset themselves as far as I know uh, that's, that's usually how you reset uh, routers anyway if I've had to fix them over the years Um, Scientists may have found a way to prevent and even reverse hair turning grey. A new study carried out on mice has discovered the root cause of hair aging. (laughs) Pardon the pun. The root cause of hair aging. The researchers in New York say the same process is likely to happen in humans and that it's possible that they may soon be able to prevent or even reverse the greying of human hair. So that's good. Uh, That'll be very handy for people that use hair dyes and things like that, that they can just, uh, if they like their natural hair color, that they can have that. So that'll be very good. That will be a massive industry if that uh, that. That actually happens. Um, let's see. If you've always dreamed of owning your own island, you might be in luck. A 20-acre island known as as Inish Paran 
or Pages Island is selling in County Clare for €250,000. It comes with its own fisherman's hut but can only be accessed by boat or a large vehicle when the tide is out. Uh, so if you, if you really want to isolate uh, and get away from everything and, and have your own peace and quiet, uh, you can buy your own island off the coast of Clare. So that's pretty cool. Uh, an MEP says people opposed to natural gas storage in Ireland are divorced from reality. Ireland South uh, Rep Sean Kelly says people need to get real about energy security in this country. Mr. Kelly believes our dependence on natural gas from the UK is short-sighted. He said he is proud of Ireland's record in moving to renewable energy. So yeah, like gas has kind of been reclassified recently as kind of a green energy by the European Union and things like that because it's a lot cleaner than oil and, and coal and things like that. So it's definitely when um, renewables are not making enough to sustain everything, um, gas is a good alternative in the in the short term. So I think we should be using the gas we have at the moment. It's a lot cleaner than using coal or importing energy from other places uh, and paying, you know, things being... Sh- tanks being shipped back and forth and things like that or I don't know if there's a pipe a gas pipeline between Ireland and England I don't know that but that that would be a lot cleaner than than shipping tanks and things like that so uh, but we, if we have our own gas supplies uh, in the in, at the moment, with everything happening in Russia and everything, uh, it should we should be uh, using that as an alternative to oil imports, uh, Russian oil imports, or in a third-party Russian oil imports, Russia selling to China or to other places, and then we buy it from them and all that kind of thing. Or I think America were doing that, or uh, I don't know if countries in Europe were doing that, but roundabout ways of of doing it and things like that. That uh, if we have if we need energy and gas is available, I suppose we should use it in the short term. Uh, Google Meet now lets you pause video streams of individual tiles. Uh, Google Meet is rolling out a new feature that will let you pause the video streams for individual tiles to improve focus on frequent speakers or presenters. Uh, to turn off individual feeds, you can tap the three-dot menu next to the person's name on the sidebar of the web and click Don't Watch on mobile. There is a new audio-only mode that turns off all feeds apart from the presenter's feed. Hopefully, Google rolls out these f- um, facilities on desktops as well. The audio-only mode is certainly helpful uh, to save data if you're on the move. Uh, so that's quite handy, yeah, if you just want to hear the talker and you don't want to hear or look at the talker. I don't want to see all the videos of everybody else on it. You can do that. And so that's quite useful and it would save data and things like that. So, yeah, if you're, do you ever notice if you're like, um, I, I'd be often in the back seat of my parents' car or whatever over the years and uh, watching a YouTube video or something like that as we we're traveling along and uh, it's, it's going in and out and in and out uh, because there's slow internet. Uh, slow data but if I turn off the screen and let it play in the background it plays away perfect because it, it, it takes a lot more uh, data to, to obviously to show you a video than just the audio even if it's if you, even if it's a video stream if you turn the video off uh, it automatically adjusts to just give you the audio so uh, it uses less data 
So that's another bit of a tip. Uh, Irish people are very sentimental about smartphones. More than two-thirds of us have never traded in a smartphone or recycled one, according to Vodafone Ireland. They carried out a study on, on Irish attitudes to recycling phones ahead, ahead of Earth Day. Uh, the main reason for holding on to a phone was that photos and memories on the device, which some people wanted to have, uh, also have a spare phone. Yeah, that's true. And also, <laughs> in my case, it's just, I was, over the years, I've gone through a lot of phones. They didn't survive uh, more than two years. <laughs> they, they got broken. I was playing pool one time, and I leaned on the table, and I had the phone in my pocket, and just crushed it between the corner of the table and my leg uh, trying to lean over playing a shot or something I heard a crack uh, another time I was sitting on a swivel chair and somebody asked me something and I uh, spun around oh what did you say and the phone slid out of my hand flew across the the floor and smashed on the skirting board <laughs> and so I've, another time it was on the the um, upstairs uh, in the in the house on top of the banister and um uh, I hit off of it and it fell down between the stairs and fell uh, smashed on the ground at the bottom so uh, yeah I, I've been through a lot of my, my phones have had a tough life uh, even the last one um, my Realme X2 Pro <laughs> had um, it uh, I was getting out of the car and I, I don't know that I have it I just took it off the, the phone holder just slid out of my hand and fell screen side down onto a tiny pebble which um, put a, a crack from one side of the screen right across to the other side it had fallen a hundred times but I had one of the armor cases so it was fine but unfortunately the little pebble um uh, was in the right place at the right time <laughs> and the wrong place at the wrong time for me and cracked it right the ways across so that's some of the reason I, I've i had to change phones and I, I have upgraded as well but I've never I tried to tra change, uh, trade in a phone one time and they wouldn't accept it it was like a, a Meizu phone I had got from China and it was a very nice phone it was very high spec and everything was good with it uh, but they weren't uh, the, the shop that I tried to trade it in said we don't take those uh, so they wouldn't accept it I had the original charger and I had the box and it was a really good phone but um, I think I just gave it to somebody and somebody else was using it. It was a phone that had another screen on the back of it for taking selfies, like a tiny screen on the back um, and so it was, it was very good and it was kind of ahead of its time at that, at that time. The only thing is the processor in it wasn't a Snapdragon it was uh, one of the old MediaTeks or something like that and it wasn't great it kind of uh, glitched the odd time but when it worked it was quite good um, yeah so that's a it's old spare phones so but it's good to trade in it's, it's handy if you get a good if you get a decent price um, it's worth it to trade up and get another one uh, which I might do next year if my <laughs> if my poor nothing phone survives I might uh, trade it in and get, get uh, something else maybe a Google Pixel or something uh, an Irish MEP says it's time to get real about energy oil. Uh, we just talked about that, uh, about gas and things like that, so I must have had it open twice. Uh, Twitter users uh, lose their blue verification tick today, unless they've paid for it. A subscription to Twitter Blue costs around €11 Euro per month and will allow posts to be edited. I think uh, there's a way to get it cheaper than that. Somebody was telling me they were thinking of doing it. They're verified and they were thinking to, to do it just to keep it verified. And uh, But you can get it for seven or eight euro a month or something. If you do it through, uh, I don't know what they were on about. If you do it through your phone, it'll be 11. But if you are or, or something, but if you do it, um, 
if you do it through a computer, you can get it cheaper or something like that. I'll have to look it up. I, I might I might see it for next week. If somebody wants to ask in a, a question, they can they can message in, and uh, and I'll uh, look it up for next week. If you're interested. Um, production of the movie Rust is expected to resume today in the US state of Montana 18 months after the death of its cinematographer Helena Hutchins who was uh, killed on set in 2021 when a gun went off during rehearsals. Uh, Star Alec Baldwin has pleaded not guilty to two counts of involuntary manslaughter uh, there's also still five civil cases which haven't been settled yet. Sky's Marta Kellner is at the filming location. Many of the cast and crew had said that they are doing this in Helena Hutchins' memory. So filming set to resume today and scheduled to last between 20 and 25 days. Oh yeah, so it's, it's back filming again. It must be very tough. It must be a weird situation there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I suppose they've, they've, uh, it's just like when any tragedies happen, eventually you have to go back to work and you have to get on with things. It's, it's just the, the work is bringing back the, you know, is, is, is where the tragedy happens. So it must be strange. Um, inside Hyundai's plan to turn software into a profit machine. Uh, so they're they're following suit with the likes of Mercedes, uh, who are charging uh, for the S class, the, the electric S class. They're charging for extra power, that you don't get the full power of your own car. And BMW and certain cars are charging. Uh, you have to pay a, a monthly fee to have your electric seats working. So they're in your car. They're there. All the all the hardware is in place, and your electric seats are there, and probably a button is there but it's deactivated unless you pay a monthly fee. I really don't like that. And a lot of cars are doing that thing, but Hyundai now are getting on board with this now as well. Uh, the car industry is in the midst of its biggest transformation since the Model T rolled off the assembly line. And no, it's not just about shifting to electric vehicles. It's about software, which goes in hand with the EV transition. Automakers are getting are betting that apps designed to work natively with infotainment systems, over-the-air updates, in-car movies and gaming and on-demand features will be major drivers for revenue in the future. Now, fair enough, if you want to say, okay, if you want to watch movies, you have to pay for it, whatever. But I think anything that goes to the functioning of the car, heated seats, uh, handling, power, the things that have always been in cars and that are built into the car and the, the hardware is in place should work, you know. I think, uh, yeah, but fair enough if you want to have a movie a streaming thing or something like that, but uh, other stuff, I, I don't like it. Uh, Hyundai is one of the automakers that wants to get uh, there first and not by charging subscription fees for features that drivers are accustomed to getting up front. Okay, that's fair enough, like heated seats. Yeah, like, uh, was it BMW that did that? Yeah. Instead, Hyundai wants to develop and launch new products and services that owners value. Yes, okay, so I like this. Uh, such as downloadable features for dog owners or sports fans so stuff to customize your car to suit yourself that's I like that because people always like to customize cars when it comes to body kits or alloys or uh, change their seats out for more comfortable seats or more sporty seats or so people always like doing up cars so uh, that's fair enough if it's a customizable thing uh, the South Korean automaker has set a lofty target of software driven features uh, that make up to 30% of future profits one of the company's top mobility 
executives in the US told TechCrunch earlier this month at the New York International Auto Show. Up to now, Hyundai had been most uh, visibly trying to get ahead of competitors with hardware-driven features. Hardware-driven features such as electric vehicles with more than 300 miles of range and the ability to charge how... um, household devices. Uh, Now Hyundai is shifting its resources and attention to software design as well as personalization and customization of the interior of the vehicle. Uh, Oblacy Boyle, who is Vice President of Product Planning and Mobility Strategy for Hyundai Motor uh, Company North America, said in a recent interview. That's where some of the future profits are going to be. Uh, Maybe up to 30% uh, comes from that, uh, she said. Boyle's uh, clarification was that it was meant to be 30% additional on top of what Hyundai reports now not in place of another revenue stream. Many industry watchers speculate the coming crop of EVs could last longer on the roads than conventional cars and may drive less revenue from parts sales. Uh, so they're thinking it's kind of this could be a replacement for the less servicing and things like that because there's less moving parts uh, in an electric car, the, the you know, less oil changes and all that kind of stuff, um, less wear and tear on an electric motor. Uh, so that's how they'll make up the, the loss in revenue. Uh, the tricky part will be pinpointing which features customers actually want or value. A young adult driver will likely have different needs and preferences than a grandparent using the same family vehicle. If automakers want this to work, they may have to throw a lot of different ideas at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, well, that's good. That's what phone, uh, same idea that phone makers have been doing for years. Uh, but getting buyers to wrap their heads around all this could be tougher than Hyundai expects. Car owners are still more or less used to the same ownership experiences they've had for many decades and with household budgets already stretched by inflation or the growing number of subscriptions to services like streaming services, uh, prospective car buyers have repeatedly bristled at the idea of paying monthly for functions that they once got up front. Uh, yeah, but it's aren't high and on about ones that you don't normally get up front, adding specific custom things for people. Uh, a recent survey of intended new car buyers by marketing and research firm Auto Pacific revealed fairly low interest in features like remote vehicle control, streaming video, internet browsing, in-car gaming and other such hypothetical cost 15 euro a month. But, you know, have the option there for people to do it. Even if a small percentage does it, it's still a, a, an online, you know, it's still a stream. And, you know, I might have something that I really like and I'd get and somebody else might have something really li- that they really like that they get and other people might want anything. But... If you have tried to have something for everyone, I think that's the way to do it. And you know that that you you're like all oh, that thing that person has is no interest in. But I have this, and it's really good. You know that's that's usually what happens when things are customizable. Um, interest and feature and like it happens when people are buying new cars anyway they're like oh i want to get this option and that option and i don't want that and i i you know i don't want those the the bigger wheels give me the smaller wheels or i want the bigger wheels it's nicer with the bigger wheels or whatever you want you know you can spec up cars when you're buying them anyway so this is just a similar thing uh, interest in such features tends to be higher among ev and plug-in hybrid shoppers who need something to do while charging they'll be more in line to work and how to make the charging faster than giving you something to do while you're waiting around for hours uh, Boyle, a 20 year old in, uh, auto industry veteran whose career included uh, a run in connected commerce uh, tech in visa 
uh, seems cognizant of this tension. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. So they're being they're trying to be careful. The goal of subscription uh, features, he said, uh, or she said, uh, is not for the stuff that you already have, like the heated seats, but for actual features that would be make you more productive for the interior space of your car. Yeah, I guess I I, I think it's okay for that. But uh, this is a not so veiled reference to BMW's much maligned functions on demand plan, uh, with several mar- uh, markets offered drivers access to certain features like heated seats only for a monthly fee, uh, and and uh, Mercedes were doing the same. Yeah, so I really don't like that. But they're trying to be very careful not to say we're doing that. So that's good, and I'm good that there's a fear out there as well for other companies to do it, and there should be a negative backlash uh, so it doesn't continue. Um, Google Wi-Fi has a new name and expanded, um, or Google Fi has a new name and expanded connectivity support for smartwatches. Now named Google Fi Wireless, Google Cell Service also offers a free phone for each. Uh, so do, I don't know, is this just an American thing? Do we? I don't know, do we have it here? Google Fi is getting a new name and some new features the service is going by Google Fi Wireless, adding some much-needed clarity uh, as to the nature of Google's relatively unknown wireless carrier. Uh, so I think this might be just an American thing, so I won't... Uh, it won't be as relevant to us. Uh, a study claims heading a football even briefly immediately alters brain functions and the way it communicates with muscles. Uh, a study by Manchester Metropolitan University found participants who headed 20 footballs in a row failed to improve their performance, while a control group using a virtual headset did better. Uh, this, uh, this suggests that uh, heading impairs the ability to improve. Those who came into a real con- came into real contact with the ball reported various symptoms uh, commonly associated with concussion. So it can be. You have to be careful. It can be damaging uh, uh, to to head a soccer ball. So they're really getting to to learn about concussions and things like that nowadays uh, in impact sports and fight sports and rugby and American football and things like that. Elon Musk threatens to sue Microsoft over Twitter data. Twitter boss Elon Musk has threatened to sue Microsoft as he accused the technology giant of using data from his social media company without permission. Uh, They trained illegally using Twitter data lawsuit time, the multi-billionaire said in a tweet. Uh, Mr. Musk was responding to Microsoft's plan to remove Twitter from its corporate advertising platform. He did not provide further details or evidence to support the claim. Microsoft declined to comment when approached by the BBC on Thursday. Earlier, the company said in a notice that that its uh, advertising platform would no longer support Twitter from Tuesday the 25th of April. As a result, ad buyers would not be able to access their Twitter accounts through Microsoft's social management tool. Other social media channels such as Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn will continue to be available, Microsoft said. In a separate tweet in the discussion about social media uh, platform data, Mr. Musk said he was open to ideas. But ripping off uh, the Twitter database, demonetizing it, removing ads and then selling our data to others isn't a winning solution, he said. So that's that's very interesting to see it. So it seems like that Microsoft kind of got what they could out of Twitter and then uh, pulled the plug on it and uh, they kind of used the data or sold off the data or whatever it was. So I don't know. Uh, that's a 
another situation for Elon Musk to deal with. He's a, he's a busy man, I'm telling you. He's juggling so many things at the same time. Uh, US imposes 300 million penalty over hard disk drive exports to Huawei. Uh, US authorities have imposed a 300 million uh, dollar penalty on tech firm Seagate for allegedly violating export controls of hard disk drives uh, to China's Huawei. Uh, so I remember it wasn't a uh, Trump when Donald Trump when he was president brought in the kind of a, a ban on Huawei or a restriction on US companies uh, dealing with Huawei because of spy technology or whatever uh, was going on or their connection to the, the Chinese government. Uh, so I presume that the Biden administration has upheld that and is keeping it going because uh, Seagate are getting in trouble now. Uh, Seagate technology shipped more than $1.1 billion uh, worth of goods to Huawei after export controls were introduced in 2020, the Department of Commerce said. Uh, uh, the penalty is the latest move by the U.S. government to stop sales of sophisticated technology to China. U.S. authorities have said such equipment uh, may be used by China's military. Seagate shipped 7.4 million drives to Huawei uh, for about a year after the rule was imposed by the administration of former President U.S. Donald Trump, or U.S. President Donald Trump according to the Commerce Department. It continued to do so even after Huawei was placed on an entity list for conduct uh, uh, too dangerous to the national security, or what's the word? I-M-I-C-I-C-A-L, I presume it's risky or dangerous or something like that. Uh, Matthew Axelrod of the Department's Bureau of Industry and Security said, uh, this settlement is a clarion call about the need for companies to comply rigorously with uh, BIS export rules as our enforcement team works hard to ensure both our national security and the level playing field are in place. Mr. Axelrod added, so they have to pay a fine for that. Uh, WhatsApp and other messaging apps uh, oppose surveillance. Uh, WhatsApp, Signal and other messaging services have urged the government to rethink the online safety bill. They're concerned that the bill could undermine could undermine end-to-end encryption, which means the message uh, can only be read on the sender and other recipients' app and nowhere else. Um, ministers want to regulate uh, want the regulator to be able to ask the platforms to monitor users to root out child abuse images. The government says it's possible to have both privacy and child safety. We support strong encryption, uh, a government official said, but this cannot come at the cost of public safety. Uh, the tech companies have a moral duty to ensure they are not uh, blinding themselves, the law enforcement, to the unpre- unprecedented levels of child sexual abuse on their platforms. The online safety bill in no way represents a ban on end-to-end encryption, nor will it require services to weaken encryption. So, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't know all the details of this now, but it's always famous. The, the These bills are always famous for, you know, saying save all the children bill or save, save the cats bill, but it's actually... Uh, a way of legalizing nuclear weapons or <laughs> I know it's always trying to sneak in other things uh, all these bills they make them a hundred thousand pages and you get half an hour to read them and they have to be voted on immediately and it's dropped at midnight and there's always diff- these different things with these bills and people don't trust them anymore 
they're just doing what they say they're there to do and all that kind of thing but if there is a way and of course it's very important there's so much of it uh, being talked about at the moment uh, the likes of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein and all that kind of stuff that has been going on at the very highest levels uh, in America and other parts of the world uh, so it definitely needs to be clamped down on uh, there was talks of UN workers in different um parts of the world kind of using their their privileged position in third world countries kind of uh with with sexual abuse things going on with with underage people and things like that uh so it's good that uh that they're trying to clamp down on it and and uh, as strongly as possible without you know removing people's privacy where you know information could be hacked or spying could be going on unnecessarily on people that are completely innocent and have nothing to hide so it's difficult it's always difficult to know because you know encryption is good but encryption can be abused and used by the wrong people but it's also necessary so it's it's difficult to know what what to do in these situations uh, because if you open um if you open it up for the bad people to be caught, you're opening it up for other bad people to spy on the good people as well. So it's it's difficult to know what to do. Uh, intended encryption provides the most robust level of security because nobody other than the sender and intended recipient can read the message information. Yeah, so even the operator of the app cannot unscramble messages as they uh, pay uh, as they pass across its systems. They can be decrypted only by the people in the chat. Uh, in an open letter published on Tuesday the operators of encrypted messaging apps warn weakening encryption undermines privacy and introduces the mass surveillance of people's private communications is not the way forward and that did happen because Edward Snowden kind of who leaked information about the um, NSA pretty much you know uh, showed that that it was happening on a on a fairly widespread basis that's where they the, the, the people were being spied on and that mass surveillance was was uh, being happening by the US government and I'm sure it's happening by lots of other governments around the world so uh, so encryption in in that case is good you know so it's it's difficult it's a difficult situation uh, growth of hackers for hire will lead to more attacks and unpredictable threats UK cybersecurity agency warns a proliferation of hostile cyber capabilities has already enabled more states gangs and individuals to develop the ability to hack and spy online as this is an article by uh, deborah hayes on sky news she said the number of hackers for hire is set to grow over the next five years leading to more cyber attacks and interestingly unpredictable threats the uk cyber security agency has warned a rise in spyware is also anticipated and other hacking tools, according to a new report by the National Cybersecurity Centre, which is part of the GCHQ. Over the next five years, the proliferation of, of cyber tools and services will have a profound impact on the threat uh, landscape as more state and non-state actors obtain capabilities and intelligence not previously available to them. Jonathan Ellison, Director of Resilience and Future Tech said in comments released on Wednesday Our new assessment highlights that the threat will not only be, uh, become greater but also less predictable as more hackers for hire are tasked with going after a wider range of targets and off-the-shelf products and exploits lower the barrier to entry for all uh, So they're making it easier for hackers and there's hackers for hire and 
it's not going to get any better uh, with with the HSE being hacked and other things going on. Uh, these kind of things could be more uh, more widespread into the future. So that's that's not good. So the only way to counter it, I suppose, is better cyber security and things like that, uh, and and law enforcement trying to shut it down. Everything we know about Apple's mixed reality headset. People have been speculating about Apple's entry into the world of virtual and augmented reality headsets for the better part of a decade, but it's looking like 2023 might be the year the company might finally announce and release a device into the world. Specifically, the predictions is that the company will debut a headset at its Worldwide Developers Conference in June. Uh, Although Apple has never officially confirmed that it's working on the headset, there have been plenty of reports over the years about what form it could take. The most recent rumors suggest it'll be the Reality Pro, a so-called mixed reality device capable of both virtual and augmented reality experiences. Users will be able to switch between AR and VR using a digital crown style um, dial. Other rumored features include supporting uh, eye and hand tracking, so like the new PlayStation VR headset, uh, operating system called XROS, uh, with support for FaceTime calls, reading titles from Apple Books, and of course playing games, and an external battery pack that will be designed to sit on the, in the user's pocket. A price point of around $3,000 has been rumored more than once. $3,000? Uh, so Apple's AR headset so this is in the verge Uh, yeah so it's just different bits and pieces so we'll have to wait and see with that but that's crazy money though but sometimes they leak out a higher price and famously um, it was at the iPhone 1 or something that uh, people have been talking about $1,000 and then he kept showing a big huge screen $1,000 we are selling it for five hundred dollars or whatever it was the lower price four hundred dollars and like everyone was oh it's so much cheaper than the rumors but actually it's you know it's it was an average price or whatever it was that time um so that might be their trick here as well three thousand dollars actually it's just one (laughs) thousand so i wouldn't be surprised uh is samsung's 45 watt phone charger worth it we put it to the test uh, this is a case of expectations versus reality. So, yeah, isn't it amazing? They're like, oh, this 45-watt fast charger. So, like, you can get 150 watts now or something. You can get really f- fast chargers, much faster than that on, on lots of different phones. But, like, Samsung, like, oh, we're up to 45 watts. I had a 65-watt on my previous phone. Samsung's Galaxy S22 Plus and S22 Ultra supports faster 45-watt fast charging, one of the key features that distinguishes them from the less expensive S22. Uh, Cheaper Samsung devices like the S22 and S21FE only supports 25-watt fast charging instead. That shouldn't even be called fast charging. That's just charging. Uh, The catch, however, is that neither of of the required power adapters come in the box, which are phone and uh, must be purchased separately. So what if you have like a type c 65 watt charger and a type c cable or something it should still fast charge then shouldn't it unless they have made it proprietary uh, Samsung's 45 watt fast charger sells for 50 dollars though the company's web through the company's website and on Amazon 
the 25 watt charger costs a more palatable $28 and $20 at Best Buy in America uh, with that in mind you might be wondering is Samsung's more expensive charger really worth it uh, the answer to that question is I tested it on the Galaxy S22 Plus and a few different scenarios I charged the device for 10 and 20 minute increments uh, with the other adapter from various battery levels using the same cable and outlet each time the phone was also connected so was it quicker 45 watt starting at 0% for 10 minutes so it, uh, the 45 watt was 22 after 10 minutes and the 25 ch- charger was 17 after 10 minutes uh, so there's mil- uh, starting at 0% for 20 minutes it was up to 46% on the 45 watt and 25 watt was up to 40% so a little bit more um, starting at 25 watt for 10 minutes it was up to 45% and 48%. Oh, what? <laughs> the, the 25 watt charger was faster. If there was already charge in the phone, it was at 25% uh, for 10 minutes. It was uh, quicker on the 25 watt. It got it up to 48 watts. And the 45 watt charger only got it up to 45 watts. So that's weird. And starting at 25% for 20 minutes, it was quicker on the f- on the 45. No, it was slower on the 45. It was quicker on the 25 watt charger. I don't even. How is that possible? Starting at 50% for 10 minutes, 71 on the 45, and uh, 70% on the 25. So very slightly quicker on the big on the faster charger, and exactly the same. Starting at 50% for 20 minutes, exactly the same charge time. So that's very strange because I used to have the 65 watt charger on my previous phone. And if I plug that in uh, from zero, it was in, what was it, 28 minutes? It was full. And I have done, I did that and I timed it and it, it was that fast. And if I plugged it in the normal charger that I had upstairs beside the bed or something like that, it would take uh, an hour maybe or something like that to charge it. So there was a noticeable difference. But with these two, the, the, the slower charger can be faster if there's already power in it, which is very weird. As you can tell by looking at the table, the results are mixed. The 45-watt power um, adapter charged the phone slightly faster when starting from 0% over the course of 10 and 20 minute increments but when plugged in at 25 percent the 25 watt charger replenished a slightly higher percentage so that's very strange uh, i'm not alone in experiencing these results android authority also found the same samsung is one of the several phone makers looking to shorten the amount of time it takes uh, charging speeds can differ depending on a variety of factors such as your phone settings and apps running in the background but based on my test they were performing on the same device under the same circumstances so it's very strange I don't know why that is uh, but that's been our Tech Thursday for today hope you've enjoyed it as always you can call 069 or you can text or whatsapp 87 and as always, you can email myself, patrick102fm at gmail.com. I hope you've enjoyed the show. It absolutely flew today, so um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.